Hello, Barry Wimbledon here, and welcome to my podcast with ideas to help you get a better handle on life. In this episode, I shall be talking about burnout, how it builds up, what it is, how to get out of it or avoid it, reduce your risks, and how to respond proactively. I get regular questions on this topic. Sometimes people ask specifically about burnout, but many of them talk about unremitting pressure from many different sources that can produce the constellation of symptoms that result in people burning out. But first, I'd like to talk to you about a definition what is meant by burnout? According to the World Health Organization, burnout is included in the 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases, interesting that word diseases, ICD-11, as an occupational phenomenon. Uh, the reason I say it's interesting they use the term diseases or they put it under that heading is because the document is very specific and insistent that burnout is not a classified medical condition. Therefore, it's not a disease at all. It's a constellation of symptoms and it's a bunch of effects on you from having been chronically stressed and not dealing with it. They say that it is characterised by feelings of energy depletion and exhaustion, Increased mental distance from one's job or feeling of negativity and cynicism related to the job and reduced professional efficacy. Burnout refers, they say, specifically to phenomena in the occupational context, in other words, at work, and it should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. Well, I beg to differ a little on that final paragraph. It shouldn't be taken too literally, in my view, because burnout can happen to people from pressures arising outside work. In fact, burnout was first identified in medical professionals and the caring professions. But of course, many carers are not caring in a professional, in a work-related capacity. They are caring for family members, chronically ill, somebody who's chronically ill or, or with a chronic disability, for example. In fact, it says, according to the healthline.com website, a caregiver with burnout has become overwhelmed and is physically, emotionally and mentally exhausted from the stress and burden of caring for their loved one. They may feel alone, unsupported or unappreciated. They often haven't been taking good care of themselves. Please note, I'll come back to that, and may be depressed. Now, I've worked a lot with carers. I was a long-term carer myself at one point in my life, rather sadly. I learned a lot in that experience. I've also worked a good deal with carers in the private capacity, as well as professionals in the med medical health field, in the caring professions, as I call them. I've worked a lot with carers and I've seen this happen and how hard it can be to protect yourself because by the time people are on the slippery slope to burnout, they're often too knackered and too fed up and they can't be bothered to do enough for themselves. And they're telling themselves a whole load of stuff about why they can't take respite care, for example, or they can't manage without me and all of this, or I don't deserve it. Because one of the things that happens with burnout is you start to lack 
a sense of confidence and your self-worth really takes a dive, whether it's work-related or care-related, by the way. So, so when you're burning out or burnt out, or when you've been suffering from chronic stress for a long time, you're not in a good place to judge for yourself whether you are doing the best for yourself. So it's really important at that point to take advice on how to protect yourself and how to take a break and what to do while you're taking a break because it's no good just taking a break. I'll touch on that later. So I'm talking about burnout regardless of the setting where it occurs. As an aside and relevant to, to caregiving again, you might also hear compassion fatigue talked about. So how do you spot the signs? If you think you're suffering from work burnout or somebody you know is suffering, what are the steps you should take if you think your job is wearing you down or wearing them down to a point of exhaustion? Well, let's have a quick look at some of the symptoms, the physical signs, for example, and there are physical, emotional and behavioural indicators, if I can call them that. So physically, you might be feeling tired and drained, lowered immunity, frequent illnesses, frequent headaches, backache, and a change in appetite. Loss of sleep seems to be quite an important one as well, or feeling constantly tired when you wake in the morning. So the quality of sleep often suffers. The emotional signs include a sense of failure and self-doubt, loss of confidence, feeling helpless, trapped. Loss of motivation is quite a big one an increasingly cynical or negative outlook. I know that accompanies some people in their work all the time and they're not at all burnt out, but uh, you have to take several of these things together and decreased satisfaction or a sense of accomplishment. And then there are some behavioural indicators, as they call. So, for example, you might see somebody uh, withdrawing from their responsibilities or not finishing their job, isolating themselves, breaking off social contact procrastinating, taking longer to get things done, avoidance of certain tasks, using food, drugs and alcohol to cope. And of course, that's um, particularly pernicious because it's okay to go for a drink when you've had a very tough day. But if it becomes a bit too much of a, a prop, then it's perhaps worth taking notice. And taking out your frustrations of others, anything that's out of character, maybe a person becomes particularly short-tempered or less patient with others, skipping work or leaving work early, coming in late, that sort of thing, missing days. So if you are suffering from burnout or you know somebody who you think is suffering, get some professional guidance. Now, you can go to my website at www.barrywinbolt.com. There's a lot more on the website about that. Just put burnout or stress into the uh, search box on the blog section and you'll come up with a load of posts with indicators and links and so forth. But also various health services have some good guidance on this. So just look for somebody authoritative and somebody who's not going to dramatise it. And of course, you can always consider professional help from a counsellor or support worker, occupational health or HR if you're at work. The one thing you shouldn't do is ignore these indications, whatever the cause, whether you think it's burnout, whether you think it's chronic stress. If you're feeling any of these things persistently, then you should do something about it. You know, we can all have a bad day or a bad week, and that goes with, that's part of life. 
But if these things go on for, say, more than two to three weeks, I would get some help or think about getting some advice for yourself. And particularly if you're suffering a number of these symptoms that I've talked about. If you're experiencing constant high demand and you're feeling pressure in your job, you can begin to suffer from chronic stress. We are all used to the idea of stress and it's now a recognised fact of life in many jobs, but burnout's different and more serious. If you see the signs in yourself, then it's time to take urgent action. If you fail to take the right steps, the risks to your health increase. The longer you leave it, the harder it will be to restore your normal vitality and motivation. This happens when there is no let up or opportunity to do the things in life which normally help combat the effects of high demand. In other words, you don't get the little breaks and the enjoyable activities. But it's a bit more pernicious than that too, a bit more sinister because what tends to happen is that our mindset changes that chronic stress distorts your thinking and you think you're okay when you're not and you start making excuses to yourself and you start cancelling things oh, I haven't got time to go to the gym or oh, I can't go for that weekend away in the belief that if you do those things somehow the, the heavens are going to collapse and the sky will fall in the world won't come to a halt if you take breaks and learn to protect yourself. What I see most often in my work is that people who have failed to protect themselves, people who are highly committed to their jobs in the misbelief that they cannot afford to take the time off, they cannot afford to look, look after themselves. But of course, what happens then is they have to take the time off eventually anyway, and the results are far more serious. So look out for the early warning signs and stick to your regular routines that keep you healthy. Burnout is a reaction to prolonged and unremitting stress. As we've seen, it results in physical, emotional and mental exhaustion. Typically, this is accompanied by negative feelings like cynicism, a lot of interest in the job, a loss of interest in the job, I should say, sorry, self-doubt and doubts about the value of your work, even the value of yourself, loss of confidence and so forth. And it's not just about work. Increased pressure from circumstances at home, like caring for somebody who's elderly or ill, for example, can contribute because it depletes your energies and makes you less able to cope with the demands of your job. So you may be managing your job perfectly adequately on a day-to-day -day basis until something in your personal life means extra demand, worry, the pressures of somebody being ill, something like that. You need to take note of these signs sooner rather than later. And burnout, incidentally, was first identified as an area of academic research back in the 1970s among healthcare workers. So you can see the link there. The difference between stress and burnout is that you can generally bounce back from stress. Once you've spotted that it's happening and you can take remedial action, you can take a break, you can look after yourself, you can slow down a bit, you can get a bit of R&R, &R, you recover from stress. 
But with burnout, it's not like that. You don't just bounce back because you recognize it and take a bit of a, a bit of care of yourself. Stress can be debilitating, but it's usually remedied by awareness of the problem and self-management, what we call stress management. Now, if I sound emphatic about this, it's because I've seen so often people suffering to a point where in extreme cases, some people have never gone back to their full-time occupation. And this, in my mind, is inexcusable on the part of psychologists, actually. There are very few people who are beyond help to that degree, and yet they get put off so much, they don't get the right sort of support, and they never go back to full-time employment or the same type of employment. Now, leaving aside at the moment that some people are perhaps not best adapted to the job they were doing, and perhaps it's time for a change and all of that, I do think that we need better and more robust psychological services that are better at dealing with burnout. We are getting better at it, but unfortunately the number of practitioners out there who really understand it is still pretty low compared with the need. So you might have to search around to find somebody who really understands the phenomenon of burnout. And by the way, there should be no sense of failure or insufficiency on your part. The symptoms are simply caused by overload, and they're usually due to circumstances that are beyond the sufferer's control. You can control your responses, but it's not always possible to change the circumstances. For example, if your job means you have to deal with constant high demand, you may feel that you're unwilling or unable to balance it with restorative breaks and leisure time. You might also be a highly committed person, but unless you take the necessary steps to combat the resulting stress, it can accumulate until you're overwhelmed. Chronic stress and burnout can distort your thinking. So if you fail to recognize the problem for what it is and get the support and help that you need and break the cycle of stress, the risk doesn't go away. It's up to you to do something about it. Stress affects each of us differently. No two people react the same way. Consequently, while one person may fall prey to burnout, another colleague in the same situation, for example, may not. There are behavioural and psychological reasons for this. So lifestyle, outlook and personal coping styles all play a part. So the indicators of burnout can seem quite subtle at first and it's up to you to notice them. You might also notice symptoms like lack of enthusiasm, lack of motivation, frequent minor ailments and all the things I've talked about. But really, if you start earlier with good stress management, don't get into a cycle of chronic stress, then you're safe from burnout. Burnout comes from overcommitment and missing the signposts as you go along the route, as you go along the route, I should have said, to that final stage of burnout. It indicates that symptoms of stress earlier have not been dealt with. And also, dare I say it, in some jobs, it may be that the job itself lacks compassion or consideration for its employees. Now, it's up to you to recognise that and do things to protect yourself if nobody else is going to do it for you. And in any event, it's really ultimately our own responsibility. I remember some years ago, somebody wrote to me when I published one of my posts on resilience, saying something along the lines of, oh, well, this is just another cop-out on the part of employers putting responsibility back on the employee. The employers should be doing more to protect us. Well, up to a point that is true, but I certainly don't think 
that a question of one's own resilience is the responsibility of anybody else. You can protect yourself, and if your job is not treating you fairly, squarely, evenly, and in a supportive way, I reckon you should change your job. Now, I know we can't always do that, immediately but you can plan to at the end of the day each of us is responsible for our own health and well-being nobody else and it's no good expecting somebody else to pick up the pieces when we fall apart so that's my uplifting message for today and i hope it doesn't sound too harsh or too blunt but that's the truth and it's even more the truth these days since the pandemic because resources healthcare resources and similar resources are just in such short supply. So it's becoming ever more important for us to take care of ourselves. Whether or not your stress is entirely due to your job, you should tell your employer. Some people can feel ashamed because suffering with stress may mean that they'll be judged negatively. Still, you do have a responsibility to tell your employer. I mean, how can your employer do anything to help you if they don't know about it? And I've met a number of people over the years who have come off work with stress and haven't told their employer. And when I've said to them, why didn't you tell your employer? They would say, well, they should know about it, shouldn't they? But equally, when I talk to employers, they have said to me, well, if our employees don't tell us something is wrong, how can we fix it? I know this is an argument that can go on for a long time, but equally, they have a point. If you don't speak up because the way your job is structured, for example, I was speaking to a, a local van driver for a charity who had seven minutes per call, and this was a caring job, and it was doing her head in, and her health was suffering. She also had a 6 a.m. start. And when she got a flat tire on her wagon one day, the employer told her to get it fixed and to not stop complaining. At that time, she was 30 miles from base and she was worried about getting back for her childcare arrangements with her children. That was not a job I would recommend she keep. And the employer deserves a slap on the wrist for that behaviour. But apparently it's a true story, at least if I believe the person who told me this. And so if you're in a situation where your employer is just inconsiderate or downright bad employer, you need to do something about that. But on a more modest level, if you're simply suffering from stress, which the employer is unaware that I, either you're suffering or that the, some of the factors at work have contributed, then you have a responsibility to tell the employer about that. Now, there is a word of caution. Don't be tempted to overdiagnose. You know, these words en enter the popular vernacular. We see burnout in the papers these days and on the media. If it is burnout, if it fits the criteria, if it fits the symptom list, then OK, it's burnout. But it's not just burnout because you're having a bad day or a bad week or even a bad month. Burnout occurs when most of the symptoms are experienced most of the time. And that means feeling mentally exhausted, depleted, unable to care and hopeless. What causes burnout? Well, I think I've covered a number of factors. The phenomenon of occupational burnout was first noted, as I said, in the 1970s, and it's now recognised it's that it's a risk factor wherever unremitting stress and demand are factors. Burnout means simply overload. It occurs when someone is reaching the limits of their emotional and physical resources. So take action to reduce the load immediately. It is reversible. 
Early is better. The sooner you spot the signs, the better. The easier it is to recover. Don't wait for somebody else, as I've touched on, to fix it for you. Start by making those around you aware, your HR department, your family, whatever it happens to be, and get support. Learn stress management. Have a plan. Think strategically about your work. Take regular breaks and do what you can at work. But if your work is really the problem and you're not able to change it, Above all, don't hesitate in getting help, advice, professional help. If you have an EAP at work, an employee assistance program, consult them. Get a private practitioner outside work. If you'd rather do that, consult somebody like me. And I'm not toting for business here. I'm quite busy enough. Thank you very much. But I can give you advice if you send me an email. I'm always happy to do that. And there'll be no charge for that. Take a break from work if you have to, but be warned, a break from work is only useful if you tie it up with some learning some new skills and develop a new outlook with regard to your work. If you just take a rest and start feeling better and go back into the same steaming cauldron of high demand of work, then probably you're still not equipped to deal with it. You have to learn some different coping mechanisms while you're taking that break so you go, go back to work more resilient and better able to cope with the demands being placed upon you. Learn from experience. Stress distorts your thinking so you can miss the warning signs. I've seen that so often in people. Learn what the early warning signs are and agree with yourself that you'll do something about them. So you can learn the, the effects of chronic stress, you can take the effects of chronic stress, should I say, or burnout as part of a learning process. Learn by it and get better at dealing with it in future. Another interesting little point here is uh, learn to accept the fact that good enough is sometimes good enough. I learned this when I wrote my first book. I was aiming for perfection, naturally, don't we all? And at some point I was way behind and the publisher was chasing me and I finally did the penny dropped and I thought, well, how many people are going to read this book and how important is it to get it right first time? If I get this published, that's already a great milestone. Maybe it won't quite meet my exacting standards. Maybe it'll just be good enough for the publisher, but don't deliver more than you are asked to deliver at that point in time. Aim for good enough. We all want to develop, the, deliver the best results we can. It's laudable, but it's impractical to expect to get things right every time. Measuring yourself against unreasonably high standards may help you achieve initially, but eventually it proves to be a rod for your back and you're setting yourself up for failure. So accepting that sometimes good enough will get the job done, even if it doesn't meet your, meet your standards, can really be an answer to a prayer. And in the meantime, build your resilience, look at stress management, learn about things that, that increase resilience and become better at managing yourself. I'm almost done with this topic because I could go on and on and on. I hope it's given you some useful pointers. But finally, what do you do to support a family member or a colleague who seems to be suffering with burnout? Well, remember, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You remember that old saying? They probably won't take your advice. And I was once given some very good advice by a man much older than myself, much more experienced. And he said, remember, you don't want to make the buggers drink you want to make them thirsty. Now, I hope I haven't shocked you too much with my lapse in language there. And if you want to complain, by all means do. But a better strategy would be to just suck it up and put me down as somebody who swears occasionally, like we all do. 
anyway, the point here is that actually it was a real eye-opener for me because I thought, you know, you often try and give advice to others around you, don't you? If you know what's best for them, and we all do, don't we? We always know what's best for other people, and we dish out advice left, right, and centre. Then we get frustrated because they won't take our advice. But what about if you make somebody curious about what they could do for themselves? So, for example, you could be a good role model. You could seek help, seek help yourself or in some other way, generate curiosity about how they might help themselves. That's always going to work much better than trying to dish out remedies and advice. You could point them to the relevant blog posts, website, TV program, or whatever it happens to be. So you may feel unsure about approaching a colleague when you're concerned about them. However, if, you've, if you're seeing a change in their behaviour and you're concerned about them, approach them supportively and with due sensitivity and tell them you're worried. Tell them about your concerns. If you want to know more about burnout, resilience and remedies to stress, head on over to my blog at barrywimbolt.com and of course, I'll be back next week with more relevant topics. For now, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support this podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review even. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at barrywimbolt.com, on TikTok and YouTube. So, it's been great to have this opportunity to speak to you. It's always a privilege to dish out this stuff. I hope you found it interesting. Thanks again. Over and out. Goodbye.